welcome to Broken Rice Podcast. I'm Putri. And I'm Elvis. And welcome to our debut episode. We are so excited to share this space with everybody and talk about things like culture, sex and relationships, mental health, our identities, you know, our intersectional experiences and everything in between. Admittedly, this is our third time recording this podcast, (laughs) but this will be the final time and we're really excited to finally push this project out. Yes. And so with that being said, let's just introduce ourselves. Um, I'm Putri. I'm Indonesian American. My pronouns are she and her. And I'm Alvis. I am a queer Vietnamese American. My pronouns are he, him. Uh, We both hail from the DMV area. I recently moved to Wisconsin, so we'll hear more about that (laughs) soon enough. (laughs) I guess we, we kind of wanted to... So our last few episodes... The reason why we ended up recording it so many times is because we I felt like we were putting a lot of pressure on ourselves to be like these perfect like podcaster influencer or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so like to be fully, you know, like transparent and like really um I guess like really honest with ourselves, like we had to have this conversation of like, what is it exactly that we're trying to do? Like what is it exactly that like we're afraid of? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think we also had to uh, we had a conversation the other day in terms of like what we're going to do when we make mistakes. I think we were so fixated on being so perfect and not sounding like we don't know what we're talking about. But I think we had to come to a realization that we're bound to make mistakes as long as we acknowledge them. And we, um, yeah, we just recognize what we say. Yeah. And I think that like the intentions with this podcast is like to have a conversation that everybody can be a part of. Like I allude to this literally all the time where like there was this podcast I used to listen to when I was going through a really rough time in my life and I would listen to them uh, during my commutes to and from work and that would be like an hour and I just felt like a sense of belonging and kind of like Mm -hmm. feeling like I was sitting in a room full of people that were like my best friends. Yeah. No, I didn't I, have to reciprocate. Exactly. <laughs> those are the, my favorite. Those are my favorite type of podcasts. And I think that's what me and Alvis have a lot in common when it comes to podcasting is just that we like to listen to people have conversations and it just feels like we're a part of that conversation and we're in the room. And I think that's what we kind of want to give to our audience as well. It's just like that sense of like comfort. Yeah. So, yeah, so, like, I guess, like, the proclamation with this podcast, like, right now today is, you know, this is a safe space for us and other people, and this is a place for us to, like, grow and learn together and, Mm -hmm. you know, just be our authentic selves. And, like, how often do we get that space in life? Never. So we're going to create it. Yeah. Period. (laughs) Yeah. So then, I guess, like, it's very... um, I guess it's very appropriate for us to kind of like talk about growing pains. Yes. <laughs> like there are just, there's so many things to grow through, especially like starting this podcast, especially because of the pandemic, like adulthood, you know, mm-hmm. like we're like in this like very transitional area of our lives. And I think it'd be good to kind of reflect on it, especially since it's the new year. Yes. A hundred percent. There's like so many like checkpoints in our lives mm-hmm. and like, I guess like, normally people would think of it as like graduation like of high school and then like what like marriage and then I don't fucking know (laughs) what are the checkpoints of life I don't fucking know I think it's like the start of I mean obviously like pre-high school it's like our developing years as well but I think the ones that we really 
go back to the most is probably high school, right? I mean, that's the one that yeah. I go to. And those were like very pivotal times for me in terms of like just who I was and why I am the way I am today. I mean, would you yeah. say that too? Yeah, I would. I would say so, but also I was like so depressed pretty much my whole life. <laughs> like, like I didn't know this, but like apparently you lose your memory when you're depressed or whatever. <laughs> so like when people allude to like high school and shit and like think about, you know, sometimes I'll have high school friends being like, oh, do you remember that time we did this? And I have no recollection of it. But that being said, I definitely grew a lot since then. <laughs> Does that make you sad though that you don't remember these things? I mean, Do yeah, you ever for think sure. about it? Like, oh, I wish I like had the same fond memory as other people, but I just don't. <sighs> I yes, it's for sure sad, but it's something that like, you know, like we have to live with. And like mm-hmm. I think that those memories are somewhere and they can be unlocked with like through therapy and like trauma counseling and stuff like that. Which yeah. like, hopefully one day I can they'll come back or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if not, like at least like it's I'm still young, you know? So, yeah. like, all the memories that I'm making in my adult life, I, at least I have those. Oh, my God, this is getting really sad. <laughs> it's also... Anyway. That's the thing, though. I was thinking about it, too, because it's also, like, we had 20-plus years of life. Like, a lot of shit happened. So, it's, like, it's... It, I think it makes sense that we don't remember everything. Yeah. You know? But I think it's, like... I think, like, something else we can tie into this episode, too, is probably is probably gratitude like being able to reflect on those things and you know therapists always say that shit too (laughs) (laughs) be mindful like you know spend 10 minutes a day being gratuitous or whatever okay what does actually being mindful means we're going kind of off topic but like i've been hearing that a lot when it comes to like soul searching yeah (laughs) so like what does being mindful actually mean well so something that's really funny that I thought of recently is mindfulness and like Buddhism are very similar. And like, if you don't already know, I'm Buddhist or grew up Buddhist. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm pretty equipped to like go through mindfulness and therapy and like this like self work or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, so like, it has a lot to do with like very like being very intentional and like having like a very deep understanding of the things that you do, the things that happen around you, like understanding what's in your control and what's not. Yeah. You know, like I wish I could like. What's a good example? You know, like if you're, <laughs> I'm literally gonna pull a random story out of my ass. Okay. Like, I'm going to the grocery store. You know, okay. um, somebody you know is really mad because I take the last bag of chips and they start cussing me out. <laughs> okay. You know, I go home and I'm really sad. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. mindfulness would be like understanding that like there's nothing that I could do in that situation to prevent that from happening. Understanding that I can control how like I choose to react to it or like even not even how I choose to react because some of that stuff isn't controllable but like understanding where do these feelings of like do I feel resentful towards this person do I feel bad for this person you know okay so it's like a constant thing process of just like self-awareness and Mm self-reflecting okay yeah and and a lot of people will say I don't oh yeah a lot of therapists will say this but also like it's pretty spiritual too to say that like you're on your way to like be your higher self yeah you know because when we grow up a lot of times we're just a product of the things around us so mm-hmm. as you're older you get to learn and unlearn and like pick and choose like what versions of you do you like the best and ultimately become like your higher self you know okay that makes sense 
Okay, yeah. thank you. Because I always <laughs> hear the word mindfulness. And the thing is, for a long time, I thought I knew what it meant too. But for some reason, because I'm also on this like mental health journey as well, I'm like, oh my gosh, I really don't think I know what mindfulness really means because I keep hearing this word get thrown. But like, I am I being mindful? Is it a like is it a thing where I have to be mindful of myself or is it like I have to be mindful of others? And so I mean, it's it, all of it. Yeah. So like I think for a long time I was just really confused as to what mindfulness actually meant. But no, that makes a lot of sense. So thank you yeah. for explaining. I mean, I would like to think of it as like I mean, this can be in a lot of different situations, but like mm-hmm. in a mental health and self-awareness situation, it's like having your third eye open. <laughs> Okay. No, that that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like a lot of people don't. <laughs> they don't because, you know, people just get pissed for no reason, you know, like people. It's the Karens. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's really everybody. Like you, yeah, you can always tell who, who doesn't do the self-work because you have to stay clear of those people because they'll make it someone else. I mean, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Let me <laughs> Let me not fucking like write people off who are growing because obviously, but like some people who don't do their own self work, which everyone needs to do for the entire duration of their lives, basically, like really rely on other people to do that for them. Yeah. Like when people, you feel like people aren't really taking care of themselves like that. Like you have to be mindful that they're not looking to you to take care of them. Oh, I feel like which I feel like maybe you could relate to. <laughs> and that's why you're <laughs> yeah I also feel like we know a lot of people that are like that too yeah for sure you know? it's hard because it's you want to help yeah like you want to be the help but then it's also like girl you gotta do the work yeah I mean obviously like building relationships is a part of you know self-care Mm-hmm. And like loving and receiving love, like that's all not what I'm talking about when it comes to like staying clear of people like that. Yeah. You know? it's like the toxic people, they like leech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. Obviously, I love my friends. Like, that's not what I'm saying. Anyway, so I guess like yeah, I I like feel like I want to talk about like the checkpoints for us, and I think like yeah, one of them is high school yeah and I think this will this is a really good topic to talk about during our intro episode because it'll kind of give um you know everyone Mm -hmm. this idea of like who you are and where you came from and I think that high school is definitely like very developmental in that aspect okay do you want to start because I'm really excited to hear your high school (laughs) your high school experience yeah I don't know like so like obviously I mean it's not obvious I've always known that I was queer, mm-hmm. you know, I like, when I was in kindergarten, uh-huh. I remember, have I told you the story before about this boy I had a crush on? Mm, I'm not sure. Okay. Refresh my memory. Okay. So when I was in kindergarten, I love how I said I was going to talk about high school, but. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, kindergarten is a good, is the starting of your <laughs> educational career. So it makes right. sense. <laughs> so when I was in kindergarten, I knew I was queer because there was this boy that I like looked at all the time and I didn't know why, but every time I looked at him, I would get this like feeling, this like giddy feeling in my mm-hmm. body and I would just like, giggle, you know, like I was like five years old and I'm uh-huh. like, oh my God, is it because he looks funny? <laughs> <laughs> he was just cute. 
<laughs> yeah. And so I remember I would just like stare at him all the time. Um, and I would just like have this feeling and it was, you know, it was a boy and like in, for whatever reason in kindergarten, like people were like faux dating or whatever. Oh yes. I remember that. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, like the boys would be like, Oh my God. Like, do you like uh, April Ann or, or April R? <laughs> and like, I'm just over here, like, knowing that I'm gay. Yeah. I mean, you knew, though. Like, you knew you liked this boy. Yeah, because I feel like I experienced that sensation of, mm-hmm. like, uh, like attraction with boys ever since I was young. But also yeah. with girls, too. So, like, there's a part of me that feels like, you know, I mean, obviously, sexuality is fluid. Yeah. But, like, you know, I had, I dated a girl in middle school, you know. I had, like, crushes and, mm-hmm. and whatever how like when I was in elementary school and middle school and even now like I was telling you about how like like sometimes there's girls where I'm like oh I think she's really cute but shit Uh am I gay or am I straight (laughs) (laughs) yeah no 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 Um, but I mean like when you were dating that girl in middle school did you like do you still keep in touch with her (laughs) uh, does she know that you're queer (laughs) I mean were you out then no, I didn't come okay. out until so that this is where my long-winded story is going. Okay. I didn't come out until high school, even though I knew I was queer like before then. Okay. Uh, but yeah, we dated, and then like before, like right before we graduated, we got together. We talked about it because I came out like kind of earlier on, and we kind of lost connection. Mm-hmm. And she said this shit where she <laughs> she was like, "Yeah, I don't think you're gonna get married until you're like 36, because you seem like the type of person who waits and like who like is patient." Because, like, we had a very intimate relationship, and she knows very uh-huh. much that I need things to be a certain way. Yeah. Um, and, like, ever since she said that, I've kind of, like, prophesized that for myself. Because I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. I got 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, yeah. But that is the person you are, though. Like, she's kind of not yeah. wrong about that. I think that's yeah, who this- you are for, like, outside of relationships, too. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, she's not wrong. But anyway, all that to say, high school was so rough. <laughs> because of, like, the the in-the-closet thing, because mm-hmm. of I was, like, an overachiever, probably because of trauma. Yeah. Like, I just needed to be at the top of everything. Like, by the time I was a senior, I was taking, like, eight APs, and I was, like, the vice president of SEA. I was the drum major of the marching band. I was captain of the, the uh, what was it called? Dance team. <laughs> uh-huh. Wait, so were you popular? Uh, like, kind of, but it was, like, I was too gay to be popular. Does that make sense? Like, <laughs> Did people know you were gay by then? Um, no. Like, even though you weren't out, did people speculate it? So, like, some of my friends knew, uh-huh. but, like, so here's, like, the cherry on top of, like, my senior year, which was mm-hmm. super traumatizing, and the mm-hmm. reason why I don't remember a lot of it is I was outed. Mm-hmm. Did we talk about right. that? Yeah, uh-huh. You yeah. want to touch on but that? I'm, yeah, I mean, I'll, yeah, I'll tell the story again, like... Basically, we were in a Facebook group with all of the seniors in my school because they were trying to decide, like, what to do, like, what prank to do or whatever. Uh-huh. And, like, I was I was kind of popular. And I, like, was, like, a really important – or not important, but, like, really, like, big figure in, like, leadership mm-hmm. and whatever. Yeah. And so uh, somebody was like, oh, we should prank our graduation and give, give the principal, like, a quarter every time we walk up to him. And so, oh, like, wait, that's actually funny. That's it's like not kind of funny. Oh, really? I thought that's kind of funny. No, are you serious? And so, like, 
You would have been the bitch I was fighting. <laughs> Wait, I think it's funny. The, the principal would be so confused. And then they're like, he can't he can't just stop the graduation. He's gonna have to put it in his pocket. So by the end of all of it, he's gonna have 372 quarters in his pocket. And I was like, this is the stupidest shit I've ever heard. Like, that's so funny. I'm gonna fight you. <laughs> I think that's the dumbest shit ever. Okay, okay. That's very telling of who you used to be. In. <laughs> okay, keep going. But basically, um, I commented on it because I, you know, was a leader and I was yeah. trying to do the right thing or whatever. And I was like, "Hey guys, I don't think that's a really good idea because, um, like, you know, people's grandparents are flying from across the country. You know, uh-huh. people are traveling very far and wide for this very important moment, and we shouldn't jeopardize, like." the celebration basically Uh and so one of these dudes you know he was like a popular kid or whatever and by that i mean he was rich and white Uh (laughs) and he comments on my post and goes this is why everybody hates gays (gasps) and then yeah so then oh my god i don't remember that part of the story okay i'm giving you i'm giving you a real reaction (laughs) (laughs) it was really rough because like i it was a lot of mixed reactions and seeing these people who i've like grown up with like Mm -hmm. reacting to ways like some people were like haha yeah get him you know and other people were like what the fuck is wrong with you within maybe like 20 to 30 minutes the whole page was just deleted and it was like circulating so like the fat the last few months of school Mm -hmm. i I felt like i was in mean girls like i would be walking through the hallways and i just felt like everyone would be like turning and looking at me like i was in the fucking that mall scene wait so did you (laughs) react or did you comment back on that on that comment or like did you do anything no but like luckily i I had a very strong support system back then Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um i always say like i'm i'm very fortunate to have people who like flock to me and like really uh supported me in that way because i think it would have been really terribly if i didn't you know like Uh not everybody is so fortunate so I'll, i'll always be thankful of those people even though i don't talk to like any of them really yeah yeah um so like yeah people were calling me like one of my friends who I was really close to in middle school and we didn't talk through high school at all he called me and was like hey like do you need anything like this is really terrible yeah like I'm here to support you he's like you can ruin his life like send that shit to like the college that he's going to you know yeah like like, retaliate and Uh I'm like no I think that like I feel very fortunate and I don't need to do anything because you know karma will have its way Mm -hmm. and you know, I obviously have people that love me. But then, <laughs> I guess this is the last part of, like, the high school thing. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of bullying sprinkled in between. Yeah. But, like, uh-huh. the cherry on top was my best friend, who I had every single class with for uh-huh. all four years. Mm-hmm. Um, she never saw the post because it got deleted. And uh-huh. I tweeted about it. Or, no, I made a Facebook post. I wrote on my Facebook. What is it, what is it called? A Facebook status? Facebook yeah, status? So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... I made a Facebook status about it and I was like, thank you everyone for your support. Like I'm going to choose not to take any action because like what's going to happen will happen. And mm-hmm. I'm bigger than this. Mm-hmm. And so she asked me like, what was this about and whatever. And I had never came out to her because like, she's just like super uber conservative Christian white girl. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, I was like, Ooh, maybe it's time for me to come out to her. And I was like, so I know you don't really like 
agree with my lifestyle because I had like crazy hair, like I was blonde, I had colored contacts and like, uh-huh. you know, earrings and I'm Buddhist and like everything that like she was kind of against. Yeah. Because one of our mutual friends told me that she like used to cry knowing that I was going to go to hell. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> because I was Buddhist and whatever. Anyway. Jeez. Okay. I finally told her and, you know, she like didn't, she didn't reply for a while and then she came back maybe like, an hour later was like, you know, I love you and you're my best friend, but I don't support your decision in this. So like, you know, long story short, like I lost her as a friend uh-huh. and, you know, I, I had to really take back like the power that she took from me because mm-hmm. I like felt like I had done something wrong. But like, I, I recently refound the email that I sent her after she kept trying to reach out to me because I cut her off. Oh, wait, did she reach uh, out? To, is this during high school or is this post high school? This is like after we graduated. Oh, Okay. <laughs> And I, she emailed me because she was like, she basically, oh, wait, there's so much to the story. Ooh, so juicy. <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> we were supposed to meet up um, before the day that we were going to meet up at Kidoba because that was the spot. <laughs> I love Kidoba. <laughs> I know, me too. That came so... I know. Anyway, <laughs> um, she posted a thing about, she posted on her Facebook wall about Chick-fil-A because that's when it came out that they were homophobic. Uh-huh. And, she commented and said, yeah, like, so glad that somebody is willing to uphold God's will. <gasps> and, like, people started attacking her. They're like, your best friend was just outed. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And, like, they just went in. And I just, like, sat there and I'm like. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Wait, that's crazy. That's why I have an extra, like, I guess, like, resentfulness towards Chick-fil-A. Oh, okay, okay. That makes sense. <laughs> but, yeah. Um... So, so like was, basically, I emailed you after that, or like post Chick Fil A. After that, I messaged her, and I was like, "We're done." Uh-huh. I was like, "I don't understand what you were trying to do, and I don't understand like what conversation you were willing to have with me if you we were going to post this dumb shit on your wall." Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, "I don't need you around anymore." Like, I finally feel like liberated because I don't have to keep secrets from anyone, and I don't have to pretend to be anyone else. Yeah, and so. You know, after that, like, she kept trying to email me, being like, it hurt me so much knowing that I couldn't say bye to my best friend before going to college. Like, she really tried to victimize herself. Jeez. Oh, my gosh. And then? And then basically emailed her back. I was like, delete my fucking number. (laughs) Like, God. Wait, how long ago was this? This is college already. So, like, it it happened for, like, up to a year after, uh, like, we graduated. So, like, she reached out before we left, and then she reached out again, like, after I had met Bamboom, which is my college okay. team. Uh-huh. And, like, yeah, my la- life changed because I came out, you know? Yeah. And so, like, I was, like, refusing to, refusing to be, like, pulled back into that. So mm. I was like, listen, like, this isn't going to work, and I don't really need you to be trying to do any of this anymore. So, bye. <laughs> Wait, did your sisters know that this was going on? Did you talk, talk to them about um, it? I don't quite remember when I came out to my sisters. Like, uh-huh. it was it was on Zanga, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I don't really remember. But I remember my sisters both followed me or something like that and on Zanga. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I had like come out as like bisexual, uh-huh. which like who knows if I'm bisexual? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they never asked about it again. And. After that, like, I went to college. So then it, it was, like, a very smooth transition into me, like, growing into my own. Right. So, and, you know, they don't, they don't care. We've yeah. never actually had a conversation about it. 
Oh, so you like never actually like came out to them like formally? It was just no. And it's like, yeah. Next thing you know, like I had a boyfriend. (laughs) So it's like (laughs) there was the confirmation. Oh wait, I didn't know that you didn't actually like formally come out to your sisters. But I feel like that's kind of better. You don't think so? It is better. Yeah, I mean, because I say this all the time too, and a lot of queer people will agree like i don't believe in having to come out you know yeah. people can just be fucking like unbothered and yeah you can use the context clues to find out what someone's you know sexual yeah. orientations are yeah yeah but, yeah no so okay so you did mention that you were depressed throughout high school so did you know you were depressed absolutely not because <laughs> we don't have the verbiage for those things okay you know which yeah. like yeah, come to think of it, I know we'll get to you soon too, but do you feel like you were depressed too? Um, in high school? Yeah. I think it was because <laughs> I I knew that I was just because my mental health journey started when I was super young because I oh, had yeah, to yeah. go through therapy and like all that stuff. So I was completely aware that I was going through some shit. But I also was in and out of different counseling so like I never really really knew my official diagnosis mm-hmm. and until I was post high school yeah you know so yeah that's why I asked because I was like did you know that you were depressed because it felt like as you're telling me the story it's like you knew something was up but you just like couldn't put your finger on it yeah I mean yeah. I think like kind of like on top of all of it, like, I had, like, a very, like, I don't know how to describe it. It was, like, a lull in my life. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. unable to, like, feel things or, like, either that or, like, feeling things so hard. It's, yeah. like, a, a, like, a mix between, like, depression and trauma where, mm-hmm. like, some days, like, I just felt like I wasn't totally present. And I had really bad insomnia when I was in high school, too. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I never slept because I was working so hard. Like, I would be at school for like 13 hours a day and then I'd do the homework and then I'd go back to school and then between that and then like even on the weekends like I wouldn't be able to sleep at all I'd just be wired Mm -hmm. and it's just like my eyes would just be open until the sun came up it'd be especially bad in the summer too so yeah wait sorry I just a follow-up question over your outed story so did you ever see the guy that outed you in like at school like did you guys ever no, I don't know. Was it awkward? It like, I never saw him again. I oh. don't know why. I mean, because the school was pretty big and we were all in different teams or whatever. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, yeah, I don't know. Well, fuck him. <laughs> yeah, I know. But also, like, all the mean girls in my school, too. I was just, like, bullied so hard all the time. Yeah. Like, I remember, maybe this is a story for another time, but, like, I remember when I got my first hickey, I was, like, 19. <laughs> And I put, like, hella foundation on it. <laughs> and one of the girls on my dance team at the time, she was also on the girls' varsity soccer team. And uh-huh. she came to me to dance practice one day. And she was like, I have to tell you something. So she, like, pulled me into another room. And she was like, the whole girls' varsity soccer team was gossiping about you, talking about, like, your hickey. And um, Katie was talking about how she doesn't even think it's from a girl and how you're gay. So, like, can you imagine, like, going through – your whole, yeah. high, whole high school experience just having people talk shit about you yeah i wonder i have anxiety <laughs> wait did your okay do you remember i don't know if this is a maryland thing but did you guys have people's dirt people's dirt.com 
what is that oh my gosh bitch that was like the talk of the town i think my like sophomore year of high school or junior year of high school but it was like a gossip column and it was so well organized by like counties and then within the the counties it would be um organized by high schools and so it would be like the entire every school that you can think of in the state it would they would have their own section and then it would also be organized by grades and so it would be like this thing where people just anonymously would talk about other people in like school so you can even talk about another person in another school so it was like it was crazy. So I was just wondering if you also had that because I feel like no. that would have been so toxic for your for no. your school. Yeah, honestly, I don't even think that I had much of like an online presence in middle school, high school. Because like, when did MySpace come out? Like in high school, right? Wait, what year did you graduate? Twenty sixteen. No, graduate high school. Twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. Wait, we're only a year apart, but like honestly like social media was so prevalent in my school it was for me i mean i was on twitter and tumblr but those aren't like very social that's literally you just like screaming into the void that's true (laughs) no ours was definitely facebook and myspace especially when facebook uh, videos were a thing where you can like post videos on people's walls oh yeah. yeah actually yeah i do remember but it's like i was only friends with my friends so it was fine oh yeah see i was an attention whore so i just added everyone that i know <laughs> hell no you're not <laughs> doing that but yeah i mean that kind of wraps up like i mean there's more to say obviously about mm-hmm. that but yeah that's that's some pretty serious like um growing that i had to move through and like that's understanding my self-worth and understanding mm-hmm. that like all of those traumatic events that happened at that time, like there was nothing that I could have done better. Like I was a, I was an amazing person. I was exceptional, <laughs> and I was also really nice. So <laughs> fuck all these people. <laughs> <laughs> well, that goes to me because I was the opposite. I was a fucking. <laughs> Literally every time you talk about this stuff, like it shocks me because I can't imagine you being anybody other than who you are today. Yeah, honestly, I shock myself with the person that I was too. You know this. I it yeah. haunts like past Putri High School Putri haunts me to my core because I wish I was never that person. And the thing is, it's like at the end of the day, it was all it was all because I had to survive and. I was basically a minority in a predominantly white school and I didn't know how to go about that because I remember when I first moved to that area in middle school, I wanted to be authentically myself, but then I just got severely bullied because like I wasn't, I just wasn't them. Okay. This is the tweet that. I think about the most that I saw the other day. It was the tweet where somebody said, have you ever realized that you're actually not ugly? You were just surrounded by a lot of white people. You're a person. person." That's how I felt. I felt like I was so ugly. I had to overcompensate for the things that I didn't have, which was money and like power and privilege. And like, I remember my friends would beat people up. (laughs) (laughs) I would just, I was so ride or die for the people that weren't ride or die for me that I would lose my soul. Like, I was literally 
selling my soul for these people that didn't give a shit for me at all, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, I was a person that I became that I regret till this day because I, I just didn't, I was severely bullied in fifth grade and then life became so good in seventh grade. And then I had to crazily move to, to another school in eighth grade. And then when I thought I was so confident because my seventh grade year was so good, I was so confident going into a new school that it was like almost a culture shock for me because it was just like an entirely different kind of reality. And then after that, me being authentically myself didn't work. And so, yeah, that's who I fucking became. I didn't pe- beat people up, but I definitely, <laughs> I definitely, emotionally, that, <laughs> emotionally, verbally, I was just, I was mean. Yeah. I was just a really mean person. And that was really because the people around me didn't give me a fucking break. And I felt yeah. like I had to really, it was like, it was the people my home couldn't give me a break. The people in my mm-hmm. home, the people mm-hmm. around me, um, the people that I saw in school. It was just like all of that where I just became this person. And I don't know. Should I like share stories? I don't know. I feel like. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, I mean, as much as you feel comfortable with, but I will say that it sounds like. I mean, you just had to fight all the time, <laughs> like fight yeah. for yourself, and that, like kind of manifested as being mean, because who yeah. else is going to fight for you? Nobody was. Honestly, yes, that's what I felt like. I think because of the fact that I'm the oldest in my house, I'm the oldest sibling, I already had that mindset coming into school that nobody was able to defend me anyways, so... I always made like the, these are the things, right? Like this is the reason why I'm also I also am so regretful of my past just because like I feel like at the end of the day nobody was making me do this. It was like all my decision. You know, nobody held a gun to my head saying you need to be a bitch to this person. I just felt like I had to be because of the fact that it, it was either I wanted to be shocking or cool or I wanted to have this like tough exterior you know Mm -hmm. and so like I said I never beat anyone up because I'm also I don't think I'm a good physical fighter but I think I can throw some mean words if I remember to be in a verbal fight I also I think I wanted to be liked so bad like I've I think my entire life my self-worth dependent on the validation of others so I really really wanted to be liked so bad by the popular kids and by other people that I just just became that person (laughs) can you give an example an example oh my gosh um it would be a lot of the times okay for example in high school I was so boy crazy right it didn't matter who liked me as long as they liked me, I would give them all of my attention. I didn't, it was like, and it didn't, also, I had this like thing where I knew my friends would like the guy, but because I wanted to feel more superior, I would then start talking to those guys. 
<laughs> yeah, I was that messy bitch, okay? I did that shit. And, like, I would never do that now. <laughs> but that's, like, an You're example. Married, so of course yeah, not. <laughs> I'm married now. So I would never do that now. But, yeah, those are just, like, some of the tidbits of who I was in high school. Yeah. That just – I'm pretty sure if I can remember a story – I'm like remembering a lot to be honest, but I don't know if I want to share that. But that was like that was just like the type of person that I was. Was I felt I wanted to feel superior to the point where if my friend would be like, "Oh, I like this person," I'd be like, "Oh, you do? That's so cute." And then I would go and talk to that guy. <laughs> because I wanted to prove to people that I could get that guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, yeah. Fuck myself. <laughs> you're, you're like, you're like, oh fuck all those bitches. Like honestly, fuck high school bitches. <laughs> I'm bitches. I'm those bitches. AKA, I would have wanted to put a give a quarter to the principal I graduated. Oh my god. <laughs> wow, can you imagine if we knew each other in high school? No, it's really funny because all my friends now, like all my closest friends now, are post high school friends, and yeah. so all of them were like damn like I really don't think I would have been friends with you in high school and I was like honestly yeah you would have fucking hated me <laughs> like I was honestly a bit that's okay we can you can put it past you I know you <laughs> I know you think about it a lot but like you know the theme of this year <laughs> in our of our lives is like forgiveness you know yeah I mean I think that goes also into the segue into college years I think right when I got to college I felt as though I mean senior year I definitely um I definitely started realizing who I was and I started distancing myself away from a lot of the people and a lot of the drama I remember like senior year I wanted or a lot of my friends around see that's the thing I say this term friends loosely because I really don't think they were my friends but the people around me at the time they would like make a bullshit drama just for the fun of it like those are the type of people that I surrounded myself with and I remember there was a point in time where one of my quote-unquote best friends at the time she wanted to start beef with me all of a sudden out of the blue like it was so random but I remember during that time I was like wow I actually don't care like I remember this one time we we had open lunch, so we always went to the mall that was down the street for, for lunch. And I was sitting at a table with my friends, and she was sitting at a table with another group of friends. And she texted me some really mean shit. And then um, the people that were sitting next to her, um, they had come up to me later and was like, oh, yeah, this person was like, oh, look, what I'm about to send Poochie, isn't this so funny? And I remember when I did get that text, I just looked at it, and I showed it to my friends, and I was like, what the fuck is this? You know? Wait, but wait, like, wait. This is in college no no no. this is in high school okay, this okay, is okay, senior okay. year of high school and then I remember that happening and I remember thinking at the time I was like damn if this is Putri a year or two ago I would have like it would have consumed my life like it would have like really did some damage to me but I remember thinking that time I was like wow I really kind of don't care that this is going on because like yeah. I'm starting to find myself more and I'm starting to like consume myself with other things outside of school that is like helping me find who I am and like what my identity is and like mm -hmm. the fact that I was okay with being Asian, you know, as it took me up until senior year to be like, oh, I am Asian and I'm okay with that, wow. which is like a whole other thing. And so yeah. I think because I started finding myself outside of high school and like started to find myself and my cultural identity. And actually sitting with that and being like, 
okay with that and finding people that look like me, it felt like all those other things in high school didn't matter. And so by senior year, that's when I met Mati, which is my husband now. And mm-hmm. I remember him being like, what's your favorite kind of food? And I'm like, oh, I love TGI Fridays. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> exactly. And then he'd be like, oh, do you like Thai food? And I'm like, oh, I've only like tasted Pad Thai. And he was the one who actually really brought out the Asian out of me through food because mm-hmm. I always was a Lunchables girl because I was like, ew, I don't want to bring like rice. People are going to think I'm weird kind of thing. But like mm-hmm. seeing him embrace a lot of things and like him having Asian friends and them embracing their culture. Mm-hmm. After that, I was really okay with all the shit that was going on in high school that were happening to me because of the fact that I was like, you bitches aren't my friends. And I don't know why I became the person that I became because of these people that I quite honestly never talked to again after high school. Yeah. And so, yeah, which goes into my first year of college and I wanted a completely new slate. I like started realizing who I was and then I started growing into the person that I am today. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think that makes a lot of sense to me now. I mean, I I think I've always known this, but like, Mm -hmm you being very close to your Asian identity where like I mean I would like to say that I am too but in in different ways yeah like makes a lot of sense because it kind of became like a safe haven for you yes oh my god yes (laughs) sorry I'm like having a self real like (laughs) because yeah no I think that's I've never really seen it seen it that way but I think that's a hundred percent true because um going into senior year is when I found Tumblr and then I found cool Asians (laughs) yeah Tina Granis and I not that Asians aren't cool but like coming from (laughs) coming from a place where I was in a predominantly white environment I I mean Asians weren't cool yeah I didn't feel like the environment where you came from yeah I didn't feel cool and I didn't feel like being anything other than white was cool and so being having a community on tumblr seeing other people that look like me go through the same things at me things like me and like seeing people with like parents just like me because i remember in high school my friends my white girlfriends would talk about sex in front of their parents like it was (laughs) it was a cool thing and i thought that was so fucking weird and like finding people on tumblr that goes through the same things as me I then thought, wow, the world, there's so much more to this world except um, besides this small little thing in high school. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I agree. I think finding my cultural identity really was a safe haven for me, which is why I think, I mean, I think it gets toxic too at a point where you're just like so consumed with your own Asian-ness. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think that's why at a point in my life, I was like, so Asian, quote unquote. Yeah. So I think we should, I think we should kind of like touch on that too, because that's something else that we're currently growing through too, where like, uh, like the, the types of Asians, like Asian pride, like Filipino, Swagapino pride, (laughs) 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 you know, like like yeah. it's too much like the, the nationalism is too much yeah. <laughs> because it becomes very uh elitist you know yeah. mm-hmm. and so like I've never like leaned into that 
like type yeah. of thread before. Uh-huh. But also like it, it's the idea, which we've talked about before, and we'll probably put, make a whole episode about this. It's the mm-hmm. idea that like all Asians are like a monolith and mm-hmm. that something that I'm not realizing, something that I'm just now realizing is like there needs to be a very distinct uh, disconnect between like East Asians and Southeast Asians. Oh, like, the culture, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. The culture is totally different because so... <laughs> In previous podcasts, like you talked about uh, Henry Goldig, and yeah. I went on in, on him because I'm like, oh, they should have casted somebody more Asian or more Asian looking. Like, yeah. I want to see somebody that looks like me. But like, lo and behold, he does fucking look like me. <laughs> and he's hot. <laughs> so it's like, I like felt this need to like police his Asianness because it wasn't like a certain standard of Asian. Mm-hmm. But like me, like kind of like going through this process of, process of like decolonizing myself mm-hmm. is like understanding that like Asian can look like anything really. And yeah. also me, my, my experience as somebody who's Asian, specifically Vietnamese, Southeast Asian is radically different from somebody who's Korean yeah. or Chinese. Mm-hmm. So like that's always been hard because how Asians are depicted in media and like how we are represented, it's like, oh, cool. They look like me, but the shit that they're going through, like, <laughs> yeah I can't relate at all but I I manipulate my own experiences to be like oh yeah my parents forced me to play violin <laughs> <They didn't. laughs> you know <laughs> I feel like oh my god that's so real because like I think I did the same things too um just like trying to fit myself in something, but it just like didn't work. And that being an example of that, like, I think I remember, I don't know, maybe it's not a lie because my parents did make me like do like a lot of like extracurricular shit, but it wasn't as extreme as a lot of Asian parents would. And I remember like exaggerating that to fit that mold, but it wasn't my truth, you know? Yeah. It's a lot of like, Ooh, me too. Like we can relate. But now that I like step outside of myself and like look at my upbringing and what it means to be like my sect of Asian identity, it's like, Oh shit. Like that wasn't me at all. And so I'm just (laughs) trying to like really unlearn whatever it is that I think that I am. And then claim it, you know? Yeah. Damn. Wow. Period. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So like, I feel really good about that, but (laughs) it feels so like liberating to be able to say that out loud, you know? Yeah. Um, That's really, yeah, honestly. Yeah. And it's something that we're going to continue to do for the rest of our lives. So that's okay. Um, But I guess like, as far as like college goes, if we're like still trying to like follow this outline. Yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, college is where I felt the most, uh, like, sexually liberated Mm -hmm. um, because, like, you know, I was claiming my queerness. I joined, you know, Bam Boom has, like, a really special place in my heart because I immediately felt like I could be a queer person and a person Mm -hmm. of color um, and feel safe there. And Mm -hmm. I remember, uh, like, our friend Allie, you know, Allie, Mm -hmm. um, she was a senior when I was a freshman and she was teaching us about whacking Mm -hmm. and she like was going into the history of like LGBT people and like underground like battling and voguing and you know Mm -hmm. this like very like oppressed culture um 
And like just hearing her talk about it, like not even in relation to herself or me, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my God, like I'm accepted here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like we, yeah. we celebrate like queer culture, you know? Yeah. Um, so like my whole, my entire college experience was so beautiful and so loving and very like freeing for me. And I will always really appreciate like the people who walked with me during that time and mm-hmm. like, the people who accepted me and you know, I accomplished a lot too. It was hard, you know, mm-hmm. like I had to like work multiple jobs and I had to, you know, get on my shit. But for the most part, like that's who, that's the time where I really became who I was really meant to be. And obviously there's more to do, but like my core values come from mm-hmm. college. Were you also in VSA? I was. So v- VSA is the Vietnamese Student Association. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is kind of like, that was more so of like a social group for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to go to like their parties and stuff, but I more so was involved in their culture show stuff. Like I okay. used to always choreograph their modern, uh, like mm-hmm. their boys modern or whatever. I also did the C- uh, CAS, which is the Chinese one. I did their girls modern. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, but like I never really found that to be like my my core values because, you know, like we were saying, like leaning into your Asian identity can feel like you're a safe haven. But mm-hmm. for me, it was like, there's kind of too many Asian people here. <laughs> like, I don't feel like my only friends need to be fucking Asian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that becomes a problem. As yeah, it was my problem. <laughs> yeah. Because in, for me in college, um, my freshman year, uh, there was a lot of – I went to a community co- college for the first few years of college. And uh, my freshman year, me and my friends – um, we made our Indonesian culture group, our culture club. And mm-hmm. um, because we were smaller and we had uh, just like a handful of Indos at the time, we also did a lot of collaborations and like mixers with the Filipino club. And so for the most, for most of my college career or half of my college career, it was very me being involved with the Filipino club. And I just remember finally feeling like, it was like versus you, <laughs> you know, you're like, oh, I don't want a lot of Asians. Like for me, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm home. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how- I for sure know what that feels like. Yeah, that's how I felt where I was like, oh my God, like I don't have to explain anyone that my parents are strict. Cause like, you know, like a lot of my, a lot of my, um, high school friends, we would talk a little bit after college, but like, honestly, once like end of freshman year I just like didn't really talk to them anymore but I remember like they'd be like you're 18 now like you can go anywhere you want and I remember having to explain that to them and I'm like no I can't <laughs> like that's not happening and so I remember yeah. like in college because I also went to community college I didn't live off like I didn't live I still lived at home it was so easy for me to just be like oh my parents need me and they'd be like all right like I don't need to like <laughs> Like, I'm like, yeah. I can't go to this party or, like, I can't stay out later because my parents. And I didn't yeah. have to explain any of that. And, like, the yeah. thing is, it's, like, we're all here at this, like, early 20s age and nobody is questioning the fact that I'm a grown person who still have to go by the rules of my parents. Like, nobody was questioning that. And so, for me, it felt like, oh, my God, I'm home. And I don't have yeah. to explain shit to nobody. And I remember feeling so liberated because I felt like I can, like, these were steps for me to finally, like, 
be able to be my authentic self without having to explain anything to anyone. Mm-hmm. And and so um yeah, I feel like we were like we had totally opposite opposite experience when it came to our Asianness. But no, honestly, like being in a room with people that looked like me, like had the same like interests as me, it felt really, really nice because in high school people were into sports which I'm not into people were into country music which I was not into and like their family went to or they would go to camp every summer and they would go to like the country club yeah and like rec centers or like not rec centers but like (laughs) (laughs) rec centers is so white (laughs) you know what I mean you know Or like I'm trying to think of like okay I there was a there's a JCC in our neighbor like in the the area that we lived at and a lot of the Jewish community center and like everybody would be there they'd be like oh my god I'm gonna hang out the JCC and I'm like oh my god I'm Muslim (laughs) like (laughs) I'm a Muslim Asian and so it was like it was something that I couldn't connect with at all like even if I wanted to it wouldn't even be something that I would be able to, you know? So being in an environment where all of that was like, it was in an environment that was almost felt like it was made for me. I just Mm -hmm. felt so comforted. And I felt like finally I can be, I don't have to be a bitch in order to survive anymore. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And so, yeah. That's right. I I feel like I'm not like trying to knock like community because obviously Mm -hmm. I love building community, especially like, I mean, for me, it was through dance. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just like a matter of like, at what point does it become kind of iffy, you know? And like, I feel like at that point it wasn't iffy for you, but like, obviously, like, as we've seen with like recent events, like having an all Asian boy dance team <laughs> like, um, you're not, like, can become a problem if yeah. you're not inviting different people into your space and you're mm-hmm. only comfortable with people who look and act exactly like you, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Like I, I'm totally not knocking it at all because like, that's why I love being around queer people of color, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, I think like, it's definitely something to think about every time you step into those spaces. Like yeah. it's not enough just for everyone to be Asian. Cause it's like, right. is everyone you hate other people, other people of color. Yeah, no, uh, I was, I was also watching, I think it goes, I don't know if we should like, I think this should be a separate thing, but you brought up exclusively all Asian dance teams. Yeah. Um, I was watching a video on YouTube. I think it was one of those like cut videos or like Jolly, Julie B videos. I was going to say Jolly B. Julie B video. <laughs> Jubilee. Jubilee. Um, and it was like a conversation with Black Americans and Asian Americans. And mm-hmm. they were talking about how Asians are – or like they feel like Asians are so exclusive mm-hmm. and like that they're very standoffish and – I was hearing that and I was like, I get that because I feel like I also feel that way from people in my own community, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I can only imagine what it feels like for other people to see that and feel that exclusivity and not feel like they're they're even wanted or they're even cared for or acknowledged. So yeah, Yeah. I think that's definitely when it does get toxic 
is when it just feels like it's just like this exclusive thing that we don't want to hang out with other people, you know? And I think that's something that our community should definitely acknowledge. Yeah. Like, it's definitely like, I never want to get to a point where I'm like internalizing some self hate. Um, But it's also like, I love my Asian identity, but it's also fuck Asian people. You know, (laughs) like, like some days, like when Bling Empire came out, I was like, "Mm." (laughs) Asian people are so fucking embarrassing, dude. Wait, okay, but that show is kind of iconic. (laughs) I mean, whatever. Like, like, that's just an example. Like, I I might watch it. But also, people get a kick out of, like, watching people be rich no matter, like, what. What ethnicity they are, are, yeah. But at the same time, it's like, how much privilege are you afforded to be able to live this kind of life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, that's, like I said, I think that's definitely something that our community needs to start acknowledging because I feel like Asians have just been so complicit with everything. So absolutely. Yeah, I think like, that's, that's another reason why I fuck Asians. <laughs> yeah, because, like, when, like, the uprising was happening, everybody was just, like, shocked. Asian people were so shocked. They yeah. were like, I experienced racism, too. <laughs> like, no shit. Like, what the fuck? And, like, Asian people center themselves and made it about them. And, yeah. you know, they don't really understand, like, where they fit into the system. Because, like, mm-hmm. yes, we are an oppressed and marginalized group, but it's, like, we will never experience the type of oppression that Black and Indigenous people feel. Yes. You know? A hundred percent. Yes. And, like, that's just how the the idea that you were able to go through your entire life, like, without this recognition of, like, your own oppression is privilege, you know? Yeah. So that's why I'm like, man, fuck Asian people. But it's, it's part of the system, you know? Yeah. Like, we are, in most cases, white adjacent. So... Mm-hmm a lot of times we can step into those spaces and we can like, I don't even want to say infiltrate them because we're just playing the game, you know? Yeah. So it's fuck Asian people, we, but we got to support Asian people. And that's why we're, <laughs> <laughs> that's why we're on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, I think it's just like, I think this year or 2020 in general, I think, it shocked honestly. It shocked me how much it shocked our community. Cause I'm like, why, like, why now that you've noticed all of this, or like, why now that you're like, as I think it's all. I'm. I think I'm talking specifically on the people in our community that are like, oh my god, finally, Black Lives Matter. <laughs> you yeah. know, and yeah. like, it's like they're like, I had to start thinking and like doing all this and like all that <laughs> shit. Don't... <laughs> I had to think about that time a white person called me a chink. <laughs> like, and then, like, I had to put myself in the position of, like, um, how black people feel and, like, all this shit. And it's like, dude, like, this has been going on for generations and generations and yeah. generations. And while, yes, I feel like every person starts their, like, woke journey <laughs> At at different times, but it's also, it was shocking to me at the way people just went about it. And then after it all died down, it was back to. (laughs) Yeah. And that's, that's exactly what I'm saying. It's like Asian people are so white adjacent that like the second that it doesn't affect them anymore, like you can go back to your normal life. Like you can start doing your selfies again, you know, and like whatever. But it's your dance videos. Right. It's like, no, Black Lives Matter 
forever. Like this is something that you will have to fight for forever. And yeah. like it it helps that it helps to understand the history, you know, like mm-hmm. when they first brought Asian people over, like they had to be uh like had they had to have very impressive like yeah they basically it was during the immigration act i think 1968 or something i don't Mm. remember but um they basically nitpicked people from japan and korea with like very impressive backgrounds like you had to be a lawyer or a doctor or something like that or i don't i don't know if it's korea i think it was japan or china one of those east asian countries i but i definitely know it was one japan was one of them but they Mm. they nitpicked um who was able to come to the states and so yeah there was like even like during the chinese immigration like they they would like pit chinese people against black people and so like historically like asian people and black people have always been kind of pitted against each other and i think that's why like that early acceptance was a way to oppress black people yeah so like literally our existence in this country can be oppressive. That's why you have to be mm-hmm. mindful of those things. Not fucking shocked that you experience racism too, because that's almost another story. It's like in what in what ways do you contribute to the oppression of black people? That's the question you're yeah. supposed to be asking. Not what ways did I contribute to racism and how can I relate this to being black? And mm-hmm. <laughs> make that be like my um like fuel for this fight. Yeah. But it's like, no bitch, you're part of the problem. <laughs> Yes. And okay, I also don't want to shit on people who like post food and shit after the fact. (laughs) I know, exactly. It's like, it's the thing is, it's like, I understand that like people do need to kind of like take a step back sometimes and have like mental health like breaks and shit like that because it it is, it is heavy shit. But it's also like, just like, what are you going to do moving forward? about this situation or like what are you gonna do in order to just be a better ally and I think I think that's what people are are missing it's like okay I've done my due diligence or like I've done my thing and then now I can like move on with my life and I think that's 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 the issue yeah and it's like there's also a false sense of activism in social media too because how many Mm -hmm. people are you actually affecting like likely people that already fucking know your views and they Mm -hmm. feel the same way because mm-hmm. I have like one of my one of my old coworkers, she's always posting about like she, like her audience is very pointed, but I'm like, who are you even talking to? <laughs> you know? It's like yeah. you're talking to like the the opposition, but like uh-huh. does the opposition even follow you enough to, <laughs> to look at their stories? <laughs> or do so, you even follow them or do they even follow you back? Right. You know? So it's like you don't have to to wrap yourself up in like quote unquote activism, but it's like you do need to take steps in your life that's sustainable and yeah. it doesn't have to happen online, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that's like a huge part of it because like like you were saying, like people feel guilty and they need to take a step back and they want to post their food pics again. But it's like do that shit, you know? Yeah. Do that shit, but also open your wallet. <laughs> yeah. Like you can buy that fucking sandwich and you can also donate. <laughs> Right, you can support a black business and post yeah. that. <laughs> and there's also other ways. Like I know a lot of people are like, "Well, I don't have money," but there are a lot, a lot of other ways and resources that you can actually put your time and energy forward. Like I know right. a lot of black artists that like you can just like put their art, or like you can just play their art on YouTube for 
all day or like there are videos on YouTube and then they'll just donate money to organizations. Like you can also do those things. There's a lot of ways that you can contribute, you know? Yeah. And you can also have conversations. Yeah. <laughs> like that's the easiest part. Literally someone's in the office is being racist. Say something. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like obviously that's not for everybody, but like you will find your space and. Yeah. Or just do your own research. <laughs> just it, like, like educate yourself. Like, right, because that's still doing something. Yeah, because I feel like a lot of people, the reason – it was, like, that same bullshit that I heard that were, like, I wasn't, like, knowledgeable enough. Then fucking educate yourself, you know? Like, if if you weren't before, then do it now, and you don't have to announce it to the world. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, just, just continue to educate yourself. Continue to take those steps in your day-to-day. And, like, if you see something bad, then if you have – the power to stop that, then stop it, you know? Yeah, for sure. And, like, I think another thing worth mentioning, too, is, like, we'll all, like, find our place to sustainably, like, fight white, white supremacy. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's very – it can be very taxing. So, mm-hmm. like, like, this is me trying to, like, give grace, you know? <laughs> One, you have your whole life to do this. So yeah. whichever way you want to contribute in this – time and place that's fine you will also grow into other ways mutual aid especially is something that like you're building that relationship for years you know yeah and you're like you are being an ally to communities that you are able to support for a long term sustainably mm-hmm. um but i will also say like sometimes you really got to take care of yourself too because yeah. when i was in a really bad place like i couldn't think about anything but about how depressed i was yeah <laughs> and i think that grace matters too because it's like Focus on yourself, get better, support yourself. So then you are in a healthier place to support other people. You know? Yeah. Well said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So should we wrap things up? Yeah, I think so. Because I, I really wanted to get into like more recent times, like int- uh, what am I trying to say? Like COVID uh, musings and also like, my move <laughs> and, yeah. and like the shit that you've been going through lately but like we have all this time to do that yeah. shit it doesn't have to happen today yeah yeah so I guess like one question that I want to ask you before we wrap up is like through this podcast like what are some ways that you want to grow um I definitely just want to grow with mindfulness like with my own mindfulness I feel like um I also I'm still pretty ignorant in a lot of things too. So I feel like with these conversations, I also just want to grow as just a better person in general, just with knowing more and having more like knowledge when it comes to like issues and just my own self issues too. I feel like by having these conversations and talking about like earlier, I didn't honestly, I never realized that my identity was a safe haven. And the thing is, I've talked about this a hundred times already, like more than a hundred times. And up until this day, I had no idea that that was even how I can like word it because it's a hundred percent true. And so Mm -hmm. I think just within this podcast is just, I think generally I just want to be a better person within myself, how to be mindful with others and just like knowing how to communicate better with like different people around me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So Yeah. yeah. Well, I relate back that question to you. How would you like to grow from this podcast? Yeah. So like, I think in a lot of ways, I think two major things, 
it's like part of it for me is like accountability like I want to be able to speak on things but also be able to research things like and bring it to this podcast like I don't want to just be talking out of my ass all the time yeah like I would love to be I would love for us to be like a resource like yeah to ourselves to each other but also to whatever community we might be building here um and also for me it's a lot about self-worth yeah I think every time I started a personal project especially surrounding dance but any like creative projects that I have I'm just so critical of myself I'm like this yeah. sucks, and I'm not good enough and blah 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 I think like having this space to be myself like I don't have to be anything other than myself yeah and it's something that I can pour into a project and have that just be enough you know yeah so yeah I'm I'm really excited and I'm I'm excited for like you know anybody who's listening like you know, thanks for tuning into our yeah, first episode. Yeah, honestly. And I'm really I'm excited. excited. Yeah, I'm excited for you all to grow with us. You know, I think it's going to be really good. Yeah, and I think that this was – I think, honestly, this would also – we're already super close, but I feel like this would also help us grow even closer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we were talking about this even before we did this podcast where it's like we have to be able to clock each other. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, if you – if I'm saying something problematic – or if you're saying pro- something problematic, like we need people to take that like offline and be like, hey, this is something we can do better and this is how we can be better people. And that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. how many spaces do you get to, to make mistakes like that? Yeah. And I think also just to touch, because I know Alvis brought up the Henry Golding thing. So <laughs> I have another podcast by myself and that's the episode that we recorded. And I think after that episode that we did on Yellowtails, we both were like, ooh, should we have said that? Ooh, I wish I didn't say that. And it, like all this stuff. So I feel like, yeah, accountability. I f- if we make mistakes, like own up to it and just acknowledge the fact that like duly noted won't happen again and we'll continue to like educate ourselves and just yeah. like be better people with this platform because we're going to be touching a lot of like or we're gonna have an audience and I think we should also be mindful of that you know Mm -hmm. so yeah anyways I also want to thank two of our friends before we end the podcast so I if you didn't hear in the beginning of this episode we do have a jingle and we want to shout out our friend so good (laughs) we want to shout out our friend Gibbs Mikey Gibbs and we also do want to do the, the yeah so our branding we wanted to give a shout out to our friend Mia Oshiro who did the design and you know the um, write-ups for that and everything so thank you so much yeah, we, we love you that. thank you it's amazing so yeah, yeah. thank you so, yeah and so if you want to find us we're on social media uh, we're on Instagram on broken rice pod and you'll be able to hear us on spotify and apple hopefully <laughs> yeah and i think at pretty much any streaming platform yeah right? yes we'll see we'll work yeah, out the case. Yeah. <laughs> also our 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 gmail is also broken at gmail.com we're accepting questions yeah. letters whatever mm-hmm. if you want to call us out and say we're yeah. problematic you can do that too we're very open here yeah so yeah if you have any thoughts or concerns or anything just email us over on our email or just contact us on our instagram yeah all right and i think that's it so. thank you Bye bye